Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that raid Oh, I can't believe USC is going to do the same thing again year after year. Oh, no. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Random of Troy Radio, episode 364. Coming to you on Thursday, April 16th. We're going to talk about the latest in USC football, including a commitment from Anthony Beavers out of Narbonne High School, and so much more, including the latest in the COVID-19 pandemic and what it means for not only college football, but USC football. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, and Spreaker. Our bonus episodes are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is Reign of Troy at and our phone number is 213 213- Three seven three one USC second what's brewing show. I'm your host Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-host from the Rot Studio in Los Angeles, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello, Alicia. This was supposed to be an episode that we recorded at Reign of Troy Studio East in Phoenix. Yes, it has turned into an episode that not only are we recording. Back in L.A., inside the Reign of Troy studio, the the studio, I guess you could call it, but uh, one that we're recording later than expected because we've had so many issues. There's technical issues. There's um, the issue that the whole reason why we're recording this in California, not Arizona, that you can you can speak about. Um, uh, there's been a litany of things. Someone may have packed all of the podcast equipment. And someone may have forgotten to put said podcast equipment 
in the vehicle. Who would that be? And someone may not have noticed that that happened until until several hours later when uh, when someone arrived in in Arizona. Who c- could this have I, been? I don't. You know, I I think I, I feel now like it's is someone the who's time. About five four with long black hair. Now is the time to look forward and not back. Uh-huh. And now is you know in in these in these desperate times we need to make this, sure that we're this retreat you're on staying positive and looking forward and then uh-huh, yeah. and controlling what we can control this, this now. This back that you're on is the true march of penguins. By the way, <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Uh huh. Good job. The episode's coming out later because of you. Uh, I mean, we it's you know pointing the finger is so. Um, you know, not constructive, Michael. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, it's uh, it's you know, it it's in the past. It's in the past, and you know, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna work to fix it. We're gonna go back and look at the tape and, <laughs> and get Gotta it fixed. Gotta watch the film. Gotta watch the film and get it fixed. Yeah, and here we are uh, on Thursday with episode three hundred and sixty-four. Uh, tomorrow we'll bring you a mailbag, back-to-back episodes. Eh? Uh, let, let's. Let's talk this out. Not only that, we get back to LA, and then we can't record because of this weird, this weird issue that we're having in Audacity, um, which is a little inside baseball. Uh, the program that we record our episodes in, uh, it was not recording. So. We, you know what? I even left out the whole bit where I thought I had half of the podcast equipment and that we'd still be able oh, yeah. to podcast. Yeah, in that's right, Arizona, and only to then an like. 10 minutes before we were going to record said podcast, realizing, no, I forgot all of it. And then we get back here and Audacity decides, well, A, first the internet in the studio goes out. Yeah. Because why not? So so we're we're following the rundown on our phone. Yes. Good times. A- and, and then Audacity uh, decides that it doesn't want to record when we hit record. So what we're learning is that there is a conspiracy afoot. To prevent this episode from coming at you, which means that it's probably going to be a pretty pretty decent episode. If if the universe is trying this hard or bad. to prevent you guys from listening to this episode, then uh, then it must be something special. Yeah, it, it must be indeed. Uh, speaking of, uh, more special things on the way over at Patreon, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. If you like our special weirdness, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy is where you can sign up, listen to all of our bonus episodes. For as little as five fifty-five a month for ten bucks, you can join our Slack channel. We got a couple new uh, people over there. Super cool from the, the Pacific Northwest. The Pacific Two North- people. The Pacific Northwest is showing up now. Look at that! Yeah. Back to back people from the Pacific Northwest. Look at that. Yeah, and I swear nothing else to do in quarantine. Yeah, than sign up for the Slack channel. Yeah, I mean it's a good idea. And if you if you sign up for the Patreon in general. Uh, later this week, I swear you will get a Throwback Thursday uh, that's episode. If, that's if you don't lose the podcast. I mean, again. at this stage, anything could happen. Um, but I, I am working on a uh, a podcast episode covering uh, Bryce Taylor, USC's first ever uh, All-American. So. Can, can I just say, only us, in the middle of quarantine, where you're not supposed to leave your homes... Only us w- would would lose equipment. I, I mean, only us would drive to Arizona and well, then drive be, back within 
24 hours? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the whole plan was to quarantine here and then quarantine there uh, as, you know, change things up. Hey, we we have generally stayed in quarantine, though. Like, yeah. you know, quarantine in a car is still quarantined. This is true. This is true. Uh, I'm going to have to put start putting you in the back seat six feet away, though. Don't. Your car, your car is not is not six feet away well, to be in the back seat, Michael. Fair enough. Struggle. Fine. I'll have to get a truck, put you in the, in the the bed of the truck, so that way I can put the equipment in the front seat. There you go. Hey, I have recommended in the past in different uh, uh, caravanning situations that I have um, two way radios for my hiking. Think about how bad for the environment that would be having two cars. I mean, if we really needed to social distance from each other that badly, we could drive two cars and and keep in touch with the with the. We could we could radios. do we could podcast that way. You know, each record our audio, and it could be a true remote podcast. True car cast. Yeah, a, a true car, true remote car cast. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Anyways, let's get into this one. There's a lot of news, believe it or not, including a new commitment and a whole lot of COVID nineteen stuff. I know you guys are clamoring to hear it, so we'll be right back. All right, Alicia, nothing goes better with Trojans than Beavers, so let's get right to it. USC getting a commitment from Anthony Beavers, the 189th athlete in the 24-7 sports composite out of Narbonne High School, uh, who, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, Alicia, two-time CIF state champion, the Narbonne Gauchos. That's right. Anthony Beavers, former Oregon commit, picks the Trojans. He is a safety linebacker athlete on defense. He can play all over the field. But it's interesting because just a couple of weeks ago, on April 1st, he announced a top five of Michigan State, Virginia Tech, ASU, San Diego State, and Florida A&M. No Oregon, where he was previously committed, and no USC. Alicia, Florida A&M, FAMU, an FCS team. HBCU, have one of the best bands in the world. Great school. Not a power conference team. Not even an FBS. They were in his top five, not USC. He commits to USC. Was that an April Fool's joke, A, and B, if so, how good was it because the Trojans ultimately get him? I mean, it turned out great for USC, right? <laughs> you would think. It, uh, yeah, the, the graphic he put out on April 1st was definitely sort of looked at it side-eyed. And certainly all the experts still believed that he would ultimately land with USC. So it wasn't really a surprise, but it was also like a, okay, breathe. You know, you you, you weren't getting, you you were trying to get the, the, the hood pulled over your eyes and uh, the wool pulled the wool pulled over your eyes is the saying. I don't know where that saying comes from either. Interesting, but you know that's one of those random things. E- either way, uh, Beavers was Anthony Beavers was going to be a duck, and he had committed to Dante Williams at Oregon. Uh, but when Dante Williams came to USC as the new cornerbacks coach, almost immediately Anthony Beavers decommitted from Oregon, and so there was speculation from the get go that uh, Dante Williams would successfully flip him to USC, and that's exactly what happened. So it just goes to show that uh, these new hires that USC has made continue to push USC's recruiting momentum, um, which is obviously what you want to see from from a USC perspective, considering they've fallen off in the last two classes, and all of a sudden they're adding 
some serious top 200 prospects, which is what they were lacking in this in this last class. For sure. And I, I got to say, it's a big, big hit for USC, obviously. Uh, they've, they've struggled recruiting. That, that's no secret. Um, but isn't a part of you disappointed that there's the, the, you know, Anthony Beavers not going to Oregon just for the irony? The irony well, of it. Our buddy Mike Regalado over the, the What's Bruin show, um, he tweeted after this commitment ha- happened, he said, USC lands a player named Anthony Beavers. UCLA has a player named Jeremiah Trojan. It only seems fair that Oregon State now land a player with the last name Bruin. So, you know, there, there's some there's some fun. That, that's been a thing for a while. Remember Stanford had a guy named Trojan? Yeah. And Washington had a guy named Stanford? Yeah. I, I, I like those kinds of things. So... You just need to sort of mix it up here, and and yeah, it would have been certainly been fun for Anthony Beavers to be a duck playing the Oregon State Beavers, but better to have him at USC, and and better to have USC locking in these Southern California guys, the 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 elite Southern California athletes that uh, that they didn't in the last two classes. Yeah, and everyone knows that the the Narbonne Green and Gold a little bit better than the Oregon Green and Gold. Yes. Yeah, certainly. Go Gauchos. Uh, other news. Let's talk about the latest in the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, everyone's most fun topic, certainly. Um, where do we begin? Do we, do we start with California Governor Gavin Newsom, um, who this week has announced uh, a plan along with the states of Oregon and Washington, no word on if he was involved in USC getting Beavers to flip from the Ducks to SC. But uh, involved with the other states, a six-part plan, including six indicators that Newsom cited to open up the state. What does this matter for sports? Well, we'll tell you. Uh, the six indicators include the ability to monitor and protect communities through testing, uh, contact tracing, isolating, and support those who are positive or exposed to COVID-19, a process for preventing infections among higher-risk residents, such as the elderly or people with underlying health conditions, assurance that hospitals are prepared to handle surges in patients, partnerships with academia and the industry to help develop treatments, assurance that businesses, schools, and child care facilities can safely reopen while maintaining social distancing, and development of a plan to quickly reinstitute some measures such as stay-at-home orders, if needed, after restrictions are softened. Alicia, tell me why that matters for a USC football podcast. Well, those last two are are the big ones for a sports fan to consider. Obviously, we're all part of this society. We're all part of this deal. So we should all be caring about this from the larger perspective of what's going to happen on the grand scale. But when we're talking about will sports be coming back this fall, these six indicators are going to be very key to determining whether or not we're able to see USC football in September or October or November or December or later. So the the last two, the assurance that businesses and schools and child care facilities can safely reopen while maintaining social social distancing, that's the big one. Um, that's the big one because the College Football Playoff Management Committee had a conference call with uh, with Mike Pence. Who? Mike Pence. Did I, did I do it right? Eh, kind of. Yeah. Um, they, they had a conference call with Mike Pence uh, uh, where they expressed, and this was specifically from the Big 12 commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, 
who said our mission. I feel like he should be the Bulls. Uh, the Bulls. <laughs> I know, right? Speaking of names, uh, he said, "Quote: Our message was we need to get universities and college back colleges back open. That we are education education based programs, and we aren't weren't going to have sports until we had something closer to normal college going on." So the the messaging from college commissioners so far is we will play games when our students are back on campus. Well, number five is part of California's sort of figuring out, well, what are the things that trigger schools and businesses to get back to normal? And it's not particularly clear what those things are. The, the previous four of the indicators are a little bit vague, you know, monitoring and testing. Like we, we don't know how much monitoring or how much testing needs to be allowed um, the, uh, the preventing infections uh, among higher risk residents. Well, does that mean, uh, you know, isolating high risk people and the elderly, or does that mean everybody has to continue to isolate because that's the way that we're currently trying to keep those people from being infected or anyone from being infected? Um, hospitals being able to handle patient, patient surges. We don't know what the threshold for those things are. So until these things get sorted out, we're not going to see schools reopen. And until we see schools reopen, we can't even start talking about whether or not football will come back because football won't be back until the school or the university reopens. So that's a big one. And then the other other big one is is the sixth one, the plan to reinstitute measures like stay-at-home orders if they need to after reopening. Well, let's say they reopen in August and everyone's like, okay, cool. USC is going to commence classes again in September and they'll go forward with football season. What if there's another surge? And what if in the first week of October they decide we need to we're having a second wave. We need to shut down again. Everyone goes back to stay at home for a month. Well, then what happens to if they're not going to play, if they're going to send all the kids home, all the all the students, people at the university home for a month, then you're not going to be playing football games for a month. Then what do you do with those games that were supposed to be held in October? So it's all very, very complex, but just sort of looking at Gavin Newsom's plan, or at least these in, these steps, these indicators for returning to some sense of normalcy, there is a lot that still needs to get sorted out. And I think that's what everyone is currently trying to figure out right now. Well, how do we reopen society? And once that happens, how do we go back to having large gatherings how do we when do we go back to having large gatherings where do they happen who are they allowed to happen with every region is going to be different but based on the the things that we've seen from gavin newsom california at the very least or these these western states which do comprise what three of the five states in which there are pac-12 teams well i guess three of the six states in which there are pac-12 teams um are, are part of this seem to be on the same page of caution yeah uh 100 which i guess if you add in uh dr anthony fauci who's talking about this and was asked about playing sports he said quote there's a way of doing that nobody comes to the stadium put teams and athletes in hotels wherever you want to to play keep them very well uh, surveilled and have them tested like every week and make sure they don't wind up infecting each other or their family and just let them play the season out uh, that comes from a Snapchat from Peter Hamby. We're, we're citing Snapchat. Now? Snapchat is doing a week long series of interviews with Anthony Fauci. Okay. That uh, yeah, that's where that comes from, which is which I thought was an interesting use of the platform. But good on them because 
more information. Are people still using Snapchat? Apparently Snapchat's still, I mean, I've never gotten really that far into Snapchat, but apparently it's a huge, still big thing. I don't know. It's kind of like TikTok. I, I don't understand it. But when let's let's look at what Dr. Anthony Fauci has to say. Well, he's talking about playing games with no I think crowds. he's right, right? Like, I, you you look at everything Gavin Newsom says, everything that we've heard, not only from, from him or for any, from anybody about the potential of a second wave, about, you know, we've seen over and over again, 2021 is maybe when we can have sports and well, that's um, what concerts it, again. Eric Garcetti, there was an email that was leaked to the LA Times from the LAFD where it was indicating that Eric Garcetti is telling sort of upper level officials that uh, sports and concerts will be halted until 2021. Right. Which I I, I understand that... Large gatherings th- are a problem, right? Yeah, that's large gatherings. But I don't think that that affects games that could be played behind closed doors. But like you mentioned, um, so yeah, I think you can do this. You know, we had this conversation off air. I think you can do this if you're the MLB. And your Major League Baseball, and you want to put all the teams in Arizona or Florida with the spring training facilities, very simple to do that. There's an easy way to do it. If you're the NHL, uh, you host a tournament in North Dakota, one of the outside of the problem areas, all in one place. They're all in dorms at the University of North Dakota, which has no nickname, by the way. Um, And you have it there, and... There's a way to keep it isolated, basically everything that Fauci says, right? The NBA would do something similar in Vegas, right? If all those things came to be, it would make sense. I don't know how you do that for college. If the 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 deciding point, like you mentioned with Bob Bowlesby, is universities going back to normal. Alicia, what's the difference between a concert and... A, a concert at, say, the House of Blues versus a lecture at Taper Hall. I mean, what's the difference? Yeah, what is there a notable and and that's and that's just considering one lecture hall, right? Yeah, or or uh, you know, a couple of lecture halls. Now you're talking about buildings full of lecture halls. Now you're talking about a campus with an enrollment of. 30 plus thousand students and you're talking about gathering them all like you're not going to be able to social distance to the degree of like like you said if you're comparing a concert to a classroom well you're gonna have a lot of people on campus especially at at USC like it's a small campus you you and I you can't avoid people I, I think the idea of social distancing in classrooms is complete pseudoscience because what are you going to do? Uh, have people sit three seats away from each other? Okay. Those people sit in that class. G- they leave. The next class is going to come in and sit in the same exact seats that people sat in in the pri- previous and they, class. And they all unless, to- unless they rub everything down with Lysol or a Clorox wipe, how is it actually doing anything? And they all have to come in through the same doors, through yeah. the same hallways. The, the university is simply not built for social... Di- I mean... Again, you and I, can you think of a single building at USC that didn't involve you having to swim through crowds of people leaving or coming into classrooms? No, no. It's Now, if you're ASU and A, you have like 73 campuses and, and B, you're like the online leader and all this stuff, 
I guess you can do it. But if you're USC, I don't know how you do it. If you're any of these other schools, I don't know how you do it. Um, rather than going another semester in the fall that is completely remote based on Zoom. And if that's the case, I don't know how you play in the fall. Well, Which leads to the question, do you end up moving everything to the spring? Is, is that the best situation for college football? That college football is a spring sport uh, the next school year? I mean, that that one is the one that makes more sense. But then we're talking about, okay, can you uniformly get to that point? Because what California deems to be necessary might not be what Alabama or or, or Louisiana deems to be necessary. I don't know. Louisiana is not a good example because they've actually had a big outbreak. But, you know, will will Mississippi and Alabama? I mean, you look at the protests, protests in Michigan, right? Yeah, or, or Ohio is 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 on a different is on a different sort of time scale than than California is. So, are we going to have a situation like 1918, which we've talked about in the past, where you know what is it? Not, Texas had played eight games, seven or eight games before, before USC played one in in 1918. Yeah, and, and obviously, and I, I think you could do that in in 1918, right? When you didn't have the the uniform, you didn't have TV contracts, right? Yeah, like this would be completely different. And and maybe it's a situation where the SEC says screw it, we're we're gonna play anyways. But I I, I don't know. Well, I, I still the think SEC... there's, there's too many people that have to agree. And if anything, I think it's more likely that there's a couple of rogue states. But even still, in the entire SEC, yeah, you could say that there's a, there's a lot of states in there that might not give a crap and still want to play. Are there gonna be States where 14 of those schools, they have 14 schools. It's a lot of states that have to agree. Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing is the Big 12 commissioner is the one who's saying, uh, publicly at least, that they're not going to play unless their students are back on campus. Right. Well, if the Big 12 commissioner is saying that publicly, like, is there a po- – I, I don't see a possibility. And I know, like, part of me does think, okay, the SEC is going to do whatever the hell it wants – and if the SEC decides they're going to play games, then they're going to play games, and then it's going to put pressure on the rest of the conferences to follow suit and all that. But like the other side of me is sitting there going, like, I can't imagine the NCAA not being lockstep across conferences on this issue, yeah, because they are going to run into bigger organizational problems that could threaten the existence of the NCAA. If they break right. ranks. I, I, think that's, I think that's a good point. Um, and maybe this is the thing that breaks it off, right? I mean, yeah. talked, first of all, the NCAA doesn't doesn't sanction uh, FBS football in the sense that, you know, the, the national champions are not NCAA champions, right? They, they don't crown the champion. It's all a mythical championship. Uh, it, it all happens beyond, um, you know, it, it essentially functions, not exactly, not like a club sport, but... It's a non-NCAA sport. Uh, just like volleyball, uh, before it got brought into the NCAA, like those championships didn't count. The first couple of championships that USC won didn't count as NCAA championships because it was outside of the NCAA, right? So it already is outside, which I think gives it a little bit of leeway. But even still, I, I, I think that, if anything, this is what tears the NCAA apart, potentially. I don't like if the SEC wants to play anyways, and they just do it, but I yeah you're right. I still think that too many people have to agree to do anything, and, and too many people too many people in very um, difficult positions where and this is where 
the interesting conversation comes into play where Dr. Anthony Fauci was talking about pro sports leagues. And I think we can see pro sports leagues going to this isolation model where they coop up in some hotel somewhere and they play their games and all that kind of stuff. But you can collectively bargain the terms for playing out an NFL season where the players are all getting paid. Well, if we're talking about student athletes who aren't getting paid, not in a not in a employment kind of sense, and you're talking about the risk that you're potentially put, putting them under, if you have an outbreak among college football players of coronavirus and one of them dies, who's the first family that's going to sue because you put their that kid at risk and he didn't have the bargaining power that a that a pro league has to cooperate in these kinds of things that it that a pro union would have to cooperate in the safety element of this like yeah and they're also universities what do universities have doctors yeah and academics and research and they're they're going to want to focus on science i mean there's liberty is an exception to this right like i don't think there's going to be a million different liberties even if alabama fans don't give a crap about COVID-19 and still want to play football because this is more important than a, than a flu or whatever the hell you want to call it. Even if that's the case, Alabama still has people on their board, still has people on, you know, the, the school president still has people listening to him. I mean, advocating to him or her about things like science and things like all this other stuff that, that pertains to, what we see Anthony Fauci say and, and what we see, you know, like Gavin, Gavin Newsom talk about that. They're relying on science and they're relying on the CDC and they're relying on local doctors and local scientists to give them projections and, and think about this um, in, in those parameters is well, the way to do it right but but and that's the other thing too is that we talk about the conferences as though they have power some conferences might have power but the Pac-12 Larry Scott doesn't get to override Gavin Newsom if Gavin Newsom says no games are being played in California then USC UCLA Stanford and Cal are done they will right. not play well I mean so then it's to me it still goes it, back to playing behind closed doors but if if the thing if that Bowlesby said but, that they're playing, only going to play behind the closed doors yeah. if kids are back on campus and that's that's null and void. Well, the, yeah, the playing and this is this is what I keep going back to. I cannot see imagine a world where college football is played behind co- closed doors for a variety of reasons. Oh, I think if there is football this year, it's one hundred percent behind closed. No, doors. No, no, no. That's what. I, but what I'm saying is, I think it seems more likely to me that the either. Things this will resolve way more quickly than we think it than we think it will be because antibody testing comes in and herd immunity kicks in and all that kind of stuff and the season continues maybe just slightly delayed but the season continues as it as it would have been um, more or less across the fall or we push back the season into the spring those seem more likely to me than September rolling around and college football gets played behind closed doors because in order to play those games behind closed doors you need to have players back on campus practicing on mass that means that we're talking about a hundred kids july 1st every day right? back on campus practicing in close quarters and none of them getting sick none of them tra- getting yeah. transferred from family to them or from them to each other or anything like that no one gets sick at any point and then you go into games where 
the hundred kids from USC are playing the hundred kids from UCLA, and no one gets sick, and no one gets trans, no one gets transmission one way or the other. And then it's sure the game is behind closed doors, but you have eighty player, eighty five players on one team, eighty five players on another team. You have twenty coaches on ten ten assistant coaches and another ten uh, uh, support staff guys. So twenty coaches on each team. So we're talking a hundred a, a designation of a hundred people from one team and a hundred people from another. And then you have so you're you're at a minimum of two hundred people. That's not counting the the infrastructure that you need to keep a game being to be played you need tv people there if you want to broadcast it I think so there's you're talking at least about 500 there. people in the building yes so is the state of california even behind closed doors comfortable with 500 people gathering to broadcast a football game a college football game at the coliseum i don't buy it personally i, I think at that point it would depend on the testing right like yeah yeah like, like how easy are the tests can, can they administer a test that gives you immediate results on a on a game day. Well, but then what happens? Th- what happens when the first guy gets comes back positive? Okay, okay, and, and I, I'm I'm no doctor. I'm I'm no scientist here. But I would imagine if you're testing everybody, you only allow people in those 500 people that are you only allow in the people who are clean, right? And then it's either they've they've had it and and their antibodies show no. that they've had it, or or they, they don't have it right now. And then Let's if they say, do, and then boom, you don't allow them in, right? Okay, so it's September 15th, and USC has 20 players test positive. Are they going to go ahead and play a game? Well, that's that's the Are problem. Are they going to cancel a game? Right? What happens or, if you have to cancel the USC-Oregon game? What, what do you happens crown if a conference Slovis, champion? Right? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a thousand different considerations that I just don't seem... I just don't see them as being plausible. Not on, on the one hand where... These things are very difficult to deal with, and generally what I've found is that when things are very difficult to deal with and there is an option on the table to just say, we don't have to deal with this, usually that's what officials take, the we don't have to deal with this option, and I think that that is the one that generally I I tend to think will, will be the thing that reigns. The only great equalizer here is the money. And that is a huge, huge equalizer because the money could be big enough. There's talk of, of programs that are shutting down other sports because they can't fund them if they don't have this revenue. Right. And so if you're talking about the cost being your entire sports program because you don't play football, which for a lot of universities, that would be the case. Maybe that's a big enough consideration to say we're going to have to deal with all these problems. But you still are out of control. You still don't have the control of what happens if you have an outbreak on one of the teams. Yeah. Yeah. I think think that playing behind closed doors is – in theory, viable because you're only talking about like 25 percent of the revenue. That that was something that that um, that Nicole Auerbach of the uh, Athletic had posted that she kind of broke it down. It's about 25 percent of the of the revenue is based on the gate at the game, right? The tickets, uh, ticket sales. You're only losing about 25 percent of the revenue. Football programs can survive at, with with a 25 percent loss. Athletic departments cannot because those. Those, um, like you said, football funds all the other sports. So what happens when, you know, the only school, the, the only programs at USC making money are USC football and USC basketball, which is probably making money like barely at all, right? E- even still, I mean, in, in comparison, how do you continue to have other sports? How do you continue to, to do any of this with, without tickets? So... 
All of this is depressing. I, I just... All, because it's because frustrating. We, can, we can talk ourselves into the positivity of, hey, well, Ohio's opening up. Hey, just having Gavin Newsom outlining these indicators for how to open up feels positive, right? But then you look at it bit by bit, realistically, and how everything would have to work. And yeah, I can sit here and say that I think that if anything, they'll play behind closed doors and then you can rebut that with a ton of good points. So so maybe the most realistic thing is just, the, just that it moves to the spring. Well, I, I, don't know. I, I right now with the information we have, I'd say the realistic thing is moving to the spring. Uh, in a week, we could have more antibody testing. In a, in a week, we could know a lot more. I, I, I was just seeing something that the antibody testing is is definitely coming much more quickly, uh, and and that and that this is something that maybe will give us more information to work with, and maybe in two months' time we're looking back at this and laughing about how I remember when we thought we were going to cancel the season, and it turned out that 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 wasn't the case. But I think you also have to consider the doomsday possibility, which right now, based on the data that we currently have, is probably where we're heading, which is pushing back the season to to the spring um, or having some other weird solution to, to these issues. But I've been saying for a long while, I'll believe that sports are coming back the moment that I find out that a concert is going forward in the city of Los Angeles. Until I have heard that a concert is happening in Los Angeles, I will n- not bank on any sports of any variety happening, certainly not college sports. All right, there you heard it. A lot of depressing talk. And as someone who has a ticket to a concert in at the end of June, um, we'll see how this all goes. I know. You were going to go to the Greek. First time ever going to the Greek. I know. Hopefully. I maintain it's a good place. You'll like it someday. Mm. Whatever that is. Anyways, point being, a lot of depressing stuff. So we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about more depressing stuff Like, who are the winners and losers of this all when, let's be real, we're all freaking losers. I mean, it's, maybe that sounds gross because, I mean, the people affected by this, more literally than just sports, are, um... As as I've told everybody, we're allowed to talk about the sports angle from this. We don't need to preface everything with... This like this is serious, and right. all of the people who are who are suffering with this, who have lost loved ones, who the health uh, people in the health industry. All I, that I kind would of hope stuff. that that goes like without, obviously, without yeah, that goes without saying. Obviously, okay. With that to the side, we are going to talk about this all from a sports perspective because guess what? We're a sports podcast, and we are sports people. And if you can't handle that, then you know what? Take a chill pill. All right. All right, Alicia, winners and losers, they would say. God, that sounds gross. It really does. Uh, So we're just going to say, who could potentially benefit from uh, sports being shut down right now? Who could potentially uh, really suffer by this? Again, we all suffer. There's there's no winners actually here. Uh, That being said, on USC's roster right now, who do you see as the person who has the most to gain about everything being kind of slow played right now. So let's get this out of the way just right off the bat. You and I probably have, we've had back and forths about this and, and we will continue to have back and forths about this, but 
does Clay Helton belong in the winners or losers category of this? Because I think it's actually both. You can make arguments either way. I mean, I, I think that he stays the executioner's axe however many months this goes on. Because I think that, that and you and I have had a, a long debate about this, but I genuinely do think that if that if Clay Helton, if the season doesn't get, pl- doesn't get played as normal this season, he probably survives another year. Is that really winning, though, if he's losing the opportunity to prove himself with the likes of Talano Hafanga and Amon St. Brown and Elijah Vera Tucker and the team that he has that's set up for this year to actually potentially do some 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 good things compared to next year when you're going to start seeing the roster talent dip a little bit more clearly um that's a that that that's the balance that you have to work out here so i'd almost put him in both categories right yeah you could you could argue either way i, I don't think it's i don't think it's clear cut which is why i thought i was teeing you up to talk about the most clear cut um recipients of the of the goodwill that of the the slow plane of sports right now, which is JT Daniels, right? Like, I I think it's pretty simple. I mean, we talked about it. JT's issue was he wasn't going to be a full participant in spring camp coming off the ACL tear. Um, that was only six months ago, uh, and and now he's got to find a way to get back. Uh, in a, in a situation where it's a little bit easier because now most likely when he gets onto a field next he not only will be fully healthy and able to participate fully but Keaton Slovis will not have had a single rep save for that one day of practice I guess you could call it uh installation day 1 the one day of spring camp that USC had yeah that's the the like, like there was no time for Keaton Slovis to separate even further. Yes, Keaton Slovis didn't get the opportunity to establish himself clear-cut as undoubtedly the guy, which he could have done by the end of spring camp. Um, regardless of the the prospect of a competition in the fall, I think there was a possibility that in an alternate universe where we're sitting here on April 15th, April 16th, talking about what happened in, in spring camp, we could have come out of spring camp with spring camp takeaways saying, Keaton Slovis is the guy. Sorry, JT, it's too late, but he's the dude. And so instead, now we're looking at it as whenever they do get back to practice, JT Daniels will be able to launch himself in there fully as a complete, even uh, even level competitor with, with Keaton Slovis, who won't have had the advantage of that extra spring. Um, certainly, JT Daniels getting further along in his rehab is the biggest benefit of of any player on USC's roster. The and, and that's the the funny thing is that if they're able to get back for fall camp in August as would have been originally p- planned, then he will have had the benefit of all of the time to get his body right without yeah. losing any of the the the, the reps in practice that right. he would have had otherwise. Exactly. It's all would have been mental reps for him anyways. So the physical reps will have come right around the same time that you would have expected them to. Yeah, 100%, which leads us into talking about Keaton Slovis as the the kind of, you know, guy who gets the most of the bummer here because he had the ability. You know, I personally would not bet in a million years that it's anyone but Keaton Slovis who takes the, ne- the next snap uh, for USC football uh, injuries notwithstanding. Um, 
But at the same point, now that, I mean, it would have been, it goes from 95% to like 99% with a, with a great spring for him. Now he doesn't have that opportunity to make it 99.9% that he certainly could have. And just kind of put things on ice. Uh, Keen's Levis has to wait just like everybody else. And that, that's a bummer because we talk about year two. And Graham Harrell talks about year two. And if you look at Mason Fine, what Mason Fine did in year two over at North Texas in the air raid, that's when he really made his big step forward. King Slovis was damn good last year as a true freshman. What is he going to do in year two? I don't expect his numbers to jump up as much as Mason Fines did, but he was going to get better, right? We can assume that. I I, I can't imagine he was going to get worse. You, you would expect him to get better and improve, but how much better is it going to be when you don't have a spring and when you don't have opportunities right now, like normally when you're not able to practice, you're still having opportunities to meet with coaches, to meet with, uh, even if it's your own quarterback coach, right? He, Keaton Slovis can't even do that. Well, he, he, he can like throw the ball with his dad back home. Like that's it. And he, and he can't be throwing the ball with his receivers and building up chemistry yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But I'll even take it a step further. If you're Keaton Slovis and we are assuming that you're the starting quarterback for USC, which I think you and I both do, um, even if things get back to normal in time for the season to happen this fall, his offensive line will have lost the whole spring to be rebuilt and to get ready to protect him. Uh, He will have lost that chemistry with the wide receivers. He will be playing, leading an offense that is that is partnered up with a defense that didn't have spring install, that didn't get to learn the new system that Todd Orlando's bringing up. Like, again, in the alternate universe where this coronavirus thing doesn't happen at all, you have Todd Orlando installing his defense in the spring. They're already getting ready, set to go by the time September happens, and Keaton Slovis is able to go into his sophomore year. That year he takes the big step forward with all of the weapons that he has available to him, with an offensive line that's that's been established during the offseason, and he's able to potentially go ahead and lead USC to far greater things than people are expecting of USC. Now you're looking at it and going like, even if Keaton Slovis is able to come back and be awesome as a sophomore, the support around him is not going to be nearly as strong as it could have been 100%. had they all had the spring camp. Yeah, and the other thing, let's just say the season's lost. He loses, potentially, based on Amon Ross St. Brown. I think Amon Ra could go to the NFL, right? Like So could Talano Hafanga. Yeah, and, but Amon Ra is the one who affects Slovis the most, right? You lose a, a key year that both of us expect Amon Ra to be one of the best wide receivers in the country, take that big step forward that we saw with Michael Pittman last year and be someone who could be a hundred catch receiver, right? You lose that opportunity. Mind you, the good part is that's probably the least of Keaton Slovis's concerns when you've got guys like Brew McCoy and Kyle Ford, Tyler Vaughn's, uh, everybody else in this receiving core, right? The, the not on the tip of my tongue right now. There, there's a million guys re- for, for Keaton Slovis to still throw the ball to even if Amon Ra isn't there. Uh, this does lead us into talking about Brew McCoy and Kyle Ford. Again, on kind of the, the loser side of this, in the sense that they already, you know, against their will, had to lose a year 
Uh, Brew McCoy, with his illness, uh, plus his transfer, didn't play last year. Kyle Ford didn't play last year because he, he was coming off of an ACL tear. He did play. We saw him in a few games um, you know, later because of the, the new redshirt rules, but he had to redshirt. Both those guys redshirted. The, the thought of having to wait a second year for them to truly be the, the next part of USC's receiving core of the future would absolutely suck for them, right? No kidding. No kidding. And my notes, it sucks also for all of the observers who don't get to see what they could be. Yeah. You know, it's been a long, like, it's something similar. And, and we're also going to talk about Solomon Tulu Pupu uh, a little bit later here, but. Like it's it's kind of like him where I was so excited when he when he signed for USC and like you look forward to seeing what he can do on the football field and then you're like two and a half years down the line you're like I don't even know what to expect from you at this point like it's been so long since I've even like considered your potential impact on this team or seen you do anything that it's sort of like you almost get put to the side well Bruce McCoy and Kyle Ford I mean if they don't play the if if the fall doesn't if the fall season doesn't progress as as we hope it does. That's a long time for them to have not played a single game of football in a real sense. Kyle Ford will have had some cameo appearances, but certainly not started for in a football game in, in two years. Brew McCoy, the, the, the same sort of deal. So what does that do for their development? What does that do for their ability to come back strong? You know, um, they're always talking about getting into game shape. Well, does it take them longer to get into game shape than everyone else? Because they were already out of it like for a year. I don't. I don't know how that works. I. I. I don't know. I. I don't know. The. The. The good thing is talk about game shape. Shape and guys who need time. The opposite is is also true. We mentioned JJ Daniels coming off of an injury. How about How about another guy known by his initials? ITS. It's Isaac Taylor Stewart, USC's corner, uh, who had a really good season last year as a redshirt freshman. He was going to miss the spring. Due to uh, coming off of what shoulder surgery, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. He had uh, uh, so many dudes have shoulder surgery. No, he had a, a knee surgery. All right, knee surgery or a lower lower body thing. But now there's more time for him to heal from that. So he's someone who benefits. Uh, someone else who I think benefits is is the trio at linebacker of Taylor Katoa, Jordan Isafa, Jordan Isafa, and Solomon Tuliapupu. And Solomon Tuliapupu is interesting because. When we were putting this this list of, you know, two columns, who could potentially benefit and who definitely does not, Solomon Tulipupu was, was interesting because you could say he is just like Bruce McCoy and Kyle Ford. He's someone who this is such a bummer because you've already had to wait forever to see him. But at the same point, now he's in a situation where he can get his body right even more and he's not taking away time from the reps he could be getting on the field. And you compare that to someone like Tyler Katoa, Taylor Katoa, who's coming off of his more mission. Now he can come back before the, the new installation with the new defense with Todd Orlando, just like Jordan Isafa coming off of an injury where he redshirted last year. All those guys can get back healthy in theory before the new defense is installed at linebacker gives them ample opportunities to win their jobs in a defense that's going to have some 335 34 elements and have lots of you know different roles for linebackers yeah and that's the thing is if spring had been able to continue as as it was supposed to 
we could have been looking at a situation where spring takeaways might have been, man, Kanai Malga really took hold of that job. Man, Raylan Goforth really impressed, really took hold of that, really got uh, Todd Orlando's trust. Um, you know, man, Palayanateote locked down a spot there. No question. He's the dude. No, not even a not even a doubt. All of those things that might have happened. I mean, there's there's even more uh, linebackers who Elijah Hunter Win- Eccles we can throw in this, right? Uh, uh, well, Elijah Winston might have um, of the healthy guys that, that were able to be out there for spring. Right. Uh, Elijah Winston might have been able to carve out a role for himself at inside linebacker. So there's sort of the zero sum game of this is those guys didn't have an a, an opportunity to convince Todd Orlando, I'm your dude, mm-hmm. before the other guys were out on the field. Now they're all going to be starting on a level playing field, which hurts some of them. But f- like you like you mentioned, for guys like Hunter Eccles, who was going to be out, Jordan right. Iasefa, uh Solomon Tulu-Pupu, Taylor Katoa, all those guys they won't be behind in the way that they would have been. So if you, it's almost like a silver lining to look at it from that perspective where, yes, you lose the development of, of those other guys, and that's absolutely a, a bad thing for the team at large. But for those individuals, you're now stepping into a situation where you're not starting the race late. You're not playing catch-up. You're on the same level with your teammates, and that could make for an interesting competition. Yeah, and... That leads us to talking about the guy who might be the biggest loser in all of this, Todd Orlando. Uh, Man, he needed to come in and get all of spring to install his new defense, and he's not getting that opportunity. Uh, We've talked about this before. If there was a year to have a coach come back um, and and not make big sweeping changes, this was the year... Uh, and so maybe this was the year not to to have a new head coach for USC after all, as as crazy as it sounds. And even though both of us agree that USC should have made a change of head coach, that being said, SC did make a change of defensive coordinator. And by God, they needed spring for Tyler Lander to go in there and install his new his new defense and see how it meshes with SC's players. And then after spring and after the 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 development that you got. You go back to the drawing board and see, okay, now how can I adjust this for fall camp? How can I move pieces around if they need to be moved around? How can I adjust the depth chart? How can I change up what was working or what wasn't working? You lose all that opportunity to kind of diagnose how spring went uh, in your May, June, July months that you could have done. And now you're ending up in a situation where you just have to if there's a college football season on schedule, you just got to roll with whatever, whatever you got at that point. Absolutely. And, and I mean, again, this is, this is going back to the, if, if things start more or less semi on time, not too far delayed, but still happening, everyone on the team on defense is going to be basically starting from the same spot as all of the early, as all of the uh, freshmen enrollees. And that means they're going to have a crash crash course for four weeks in this defense. And I I don't know, maybe Todd Orlando's defense is simple enough that he or he's able to simplify it enough to the point where he can get everyone on the same page and, and have it all work out. But he'd certainly you got to imagine he would have appreciated those 15 practices to get a head start with the majority of that roster. Yeah, 100 percent, especially when Todd Orlando said on record. He hated the first couple of days. 
Yeah, and, yeah. The and two all days he got was, got was day one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. Not ideal, not ideal. Anyways, I think that's going to wrap up talking about uh, who can benefit potentially and who definitely gets hurt uh, with this situation. Uh, it's not fun, not fun for anybody. Like, like I mentioned in the open there, everyone's losing, right? Nobody is actually gaining anything um, in this, I guess, if you're, unless you're like a Zoom um, uh, investor. Stockholder, yeah. Yeah, can you imagine, like, Clorox making so much money on Clorox wipes? Yeah. Think about about it from the perspective of, like, Clorox wipes have been a thing for the last few years. I love Clorox wipes. I think they're a great invention, right? But now think about how much more how much more prevalent they're going to be in every walk of life. How many things are going to change? How many protocols are going to change? They're going to involve Clorox wipes, aka go probably want to go buy stock in Clorox. Yeah, well, so there are some people who are benefiting from this, although uh, yeah, again, as gross know, as it sounds, and without weird, saying yeah. of all the awkwardness and. Yeah, or sports yeah. podcast. I mean, I'll say one one benefit that I'm getting from this is I am, as an introvert, I am not having to make plans that I hope ultimately get canceled because none of those plans can get made anyways. So, there like, there's none of that, like, oh, yeah, we're going to go out to dinner or go out to bar or whatever. And then I'm sitting there going, like, oh, I don't want to go, like, meh. Oh, oh man well they just i hope they text me and go like oh i can't make it or whatever and then i'm off the hook like all of that anxiety gone it's great fantastic there you go there's a win there's a win yeah. but yeah happy core season everybody <laughs> much as it sucks in, in just about every other sense uh that's gonna wrap up this episode we'll be back later uh with with the mailbag we're also gonna backstock a bunch of stuff over on patreon this week uh since somebody forgot the microphone um i'm just gonna keep blaming you gonna keep doing it i mean uh but technically i mean not technically like literally i deserve it so uh don't deserve it nobody deserves it i mean the the blame yeah sure yeah the point is a lot of stuff going down over on Patreon and the free feed. We got to put together a core time at some point in the next couple of days too. So a lot of stuff, core time. Let's take it inside. First episode last week on, on uh, Tiger King. I don't know what we're going to do about uh, the next episode. We'll figure something out. But uh, until then, uh, Alicia, you got a final word? The final word is cinnamon, as in the thing getting me through this quarantine so far has been cinnamon coke. Well, cinnamon coke plus well, coffee I'm, flavored. Uh, I mean, I wasn't gonna mention the coffee flavored kraken, but sure, yes, cinnamon coke mm-hmm. and coffee flavored kraken is uh, is is outstanding together. Yes. Who say that that's what's kraken? That's what's kraken. Yeah. Later, guys. We'll see. You. See. You. Yeah.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.